For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 116. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? I am doing well, I guess. I'm not, I, it's, it may sound like I'm, I'm not sure how well I'm doing. I'm doing all right. It's just, I'm tired, man. I'm so tired. Just like every other parent or every other person on the face of the earth. I'm tired. I'm just constantly in the state of being tired and it sucks. I want to be not tired. Mood. Now that, that is a big mood, Mitch. I feel that. I really do. Like we got up early to record the post game podcast. Shout out to all the patrons. Uh, and even then, my son still, my son is having a hard time like staying in his bed during the bed hours. Okay. He got up at 5.30 this morning because he had gunk in his eye. Who's waking up at 5.30 <laughs> like, her? look at this schritz in my eye. I better go get, tell someone to get that out of my face. No, stay in the bed. Stay in the bed. And so I was like, I was trying, you know, usually I wake up at 6.30. Now it's, I was trying to get up at 6 so we can do the podcast early. And it was still, I still couldn't get any sleep. And I went to bed early for it. Wow. Frustrating. I, I'm sorry. I, I went to the game last night. I had a fun time with some friends. So I'm really excited that, uh, you know, I was able to go. That was the first game I went to this year. Hopefully going to hit some more. And on top of that, Mitch, the car saga has came to an end. I finally took home my new truck today after almost a week of back and forth. So I am now the proud owner of a 2019 Ford Ranger. What's up? Good job by you. And it has not been a good week for dealerships recently. And if you work at a dealership, you're one of the good ones. Um, but like my mom just today, she was supposed to come over for dinner. She was an hour and a half late because they were changing her tires. Dude, I can change your tires in an hour and a half. And I'm an idiot. <laughs> I need that as an isolated drop. <laughs> and I'm an idiot. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sure they were probably doing more, but like she was told she was supposed to leave at four. And she was, and she obviously did not. She left at five thirty. It's just mm, not a good week. If you're if you're working, at, you work for a dealership. Hit me up at TLO Mitch and tell me why it is that I always have a hard time with dealerships. Is it just me? Maybe it's me, but like, oh god, it's not. It has not been a good week for dealerships in my mind. No, in the little eyes on aisles world, aka me and Mitch, it hasn't been that good of a week, but. It has been a good week for our New York Islanders, Mitch. And do you have, before we get into it, do you have an addition for us? I do. So thank you to Piper. Shout out every week for the idea of picking someone, uh, one of the Islanders drafts. So we're doing episode 116. So we'll pick a player from the 2016 Islanders draft. And I'm going with Colin Adams. Colin Adams. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Big fan of Colin Adams and yeah. his oeuvre. Um, I could have gone Bellows, no. no. Golishev, no. Koivula, not even. Pastujov, I was scared you might know who he is. David Quenville, I definitely know you know who he is. So I was like, nah, I'm going to get the one guy you have no idea who he is. Because uh, I don't know who he is. You're mistaken because Colin Adams, right? <laughs> Colin Adams? Colin Adams. <laughs> That's Two his name? L's on the uh, Colin, yes. Yeah, he's, he's a gr- great player. I'm excited to talk about him later and sh- share my knowledge on Colin Adams. I am really stoked on this. I'm, I hope you doubled it. I hope you've done like extensive research and scouting into each one of these players uh, yeah. on the off chance I ask you, yeah. and then you have like a binder of Colin Adams, and you just sure. whip it out the facts. Would you know he was born on a Tuesday, and the moon was full? Huh? 
I want that so we'll bad. See. We'll see. We'll see when we get to the quiz segment, so stick around for that. We're going to start by talking about these games briefly, Mitch. The Islanders just continue to steamroll everything and anything in their way. Ten in a row. Just absolutely incredible. Second longest streak, and now it's still active, right? It could even go longer. Um for the New York Islanders franchise, uh, it's just incredible. Uh, they, they usually, not usually, but they, they find ways to win. And against the Senators, they found a way to win. And it was, you know, bottom six, y'all going to score today. Yeah, that was the plan for last night. Or if you're listening to this on Thursday, then Tuesday night, it's a game. Um, they just got a ton out of their bottom six. And to me, my biggest takeaway from these games is it's the exact formula that... that they used last year. They are getting phenomenal goaltending. They're getting timely scoring, and their defense is phenomenal. Yeah, well, although their offense is better, like they they're the twelfth ranked five on five offense in the NHL. They were sixteenth last year, so you know it's not a whole lot better. But you know, four spots, so they're above the middle. They're they're you know one of the top teams. They're not middle. They're I should say they're literally in the middle. They're not bottom. They're, they're creeping up towards the top tier in terms of five-on-five five production, which is huge. It's exactly what Barry Trotz is saying at the start of the year that I you know kind of threw him under the bus for. A little bit. You got on him a little bit, Mitch. Uh, you you got to <laughs> own that one. You did uh, get I on did. his case a little bit. Just a bit. But you know, at, the, at that point, there is 16th rank. You can't say you're, you're a good offense when you're literally in the middle of the pack. They are now creeping up towards that. And like, some of these players are having better years than they were having last year, so... Yeah. If you want more on the games, you can over to our, our Patreon page where, like we discussed at the beginning of this podcast, we record a post-game podcast. So after every New York Islanders game, you will get a fresh 25 to 30 minutes right in your ears of just sweet, sweet melodies of our voices talking about the Islanders games. And we don't just like go through the plays. Oh, he scored there and he scored there. No, we do a little bit of that. But we give you a headline where we come up with a cool and funny headline, sometimes suggested by the patrons, and they're even extra funnier. Um... And then we give you our winners and losers for the game, Winning. which I think we're going to revamp a little bit. Nice. Winning. Um, so head over to our Patreon account and sign up for that. It's five bucks a month. When you think about it, there's three games per week usually. Three times four, that's 12. You're getting more than your $5 worth in terms of podcasts. Just that. And that also includes a weekly mailbag and a weekly newsletter. So you're getting a ton of money for or a ton of worth out of your money. Yeah, there you go. That's that's what we wanted to that's get into. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> yeah, but the the Islanders are absolutely rolling, and we love to get into that stuff. Really breaking down the games there uh, in post-game format. But we just got had to start the show by just mentioning that 10-game streak, which kind of leads us into one of our bigger topics for today's episode, is putting this win streak into context. The last time the Islanders went on this kind of winning streak, and there's been a few times in their history, Mitch, where they've been able to do it. So when I wrote the article for it, it was at eight straight, I believe. Okay. Or not, it was at nine straight, excuse me. So here's what happened what the other times where they were able to do at least eight. In 82-83, they won eight games in a row. Do we know what happened in 1982-1983? What happened that year? I feel like they won their fourth Stanley Cup in a row. They did. They won their fourth Stanley Cup in a row. Now, during 1989-1990, the Islanders won nine games in a row. Do you know what happened that year, Mitch? 1989-90. Yes. Then they win. They went all the way to second round, and then it's like the Rangers. I think eliminated them in six or something. They. I got the year wrong. I think they did not make it out of the first. They made the playoffs, but lost in the first round to the Rangers. Ah, so I got the team right, just the wrong round. Dang it. And their record wasn't really that great for a nine-game win streak. They finished 31, 38, and 11. Yeah, no, I remember that. I remember that. That was uh, that's, that's rough when you go on nine-game win streak and you still you kind of eke in, but you, know, you, you did it. So, And then, Mitch, there's the big McCoy, the real big one. 15-game win streak, which is now what the Islanders find themselves chasing because they surpassed eight. They surpassed nine. They're at 10, going for 11 tomorrow night on Thursday. The last time they won 15 games, the only time they won 15 games, 1981-1982, where the Islanders had the best year in franchise history. 
They finished with 118 points on their way to their third Stanley Cup in a row. Incredible. Just just what a team, man. Like, just... They that team wasn't. Well, what can you say? They won 15 in a row. How many teams in the NHL have ever done that? I don't know the answer to it, but I feel like it can't be too many. Um, I'm trying to find it right now. So a teams, I'm on MC cubed, M cubed, not MC cubed, M cubed, and they have um, best worst seasons. I don't, I don't see for franchise wins streaks. There you go, uh, all time winning streaks. Pittsburgh Penguins. So anything above seventeen, right? Or any above anything above fifteen? Yeah. Penguins in '93 had seventeen. That's the most. Okay. The Blue Jackets have sixteen from sixteen seventeen season, uh, and then there's a few more at fifteen. So the Red Wings, the Devils, and again the Penguins have fifteen. Okay. So not not too many. So I guess. What does this, my question to you is, what does this mean to the Islanders? Am I looking too much into this or saying like, oh, well, two out of the three times they won the Stanley Cup, the other time they made the playoffs and got bounced. Can we take comparisons to years gone by or is it just like every year is different and it's going to be random what happens next? It's going to be random what happens next. I'm sorry that that sucks. I wrote something today specifically about this, about 10 game win streaks. Uh, There's no guarantee there. Because you have two teams over the last three years who have won 10 games in a row and still haven't made the playoffs. Right? You got the Flyers from 16-17 and the 18-19 Buffalo Sabres. I know on the patron podcast, so the patrons listening to this, after the 10-game win streak, I said there was only one. Uh, I had JB come at, not come at me, but uh, I always say come at. It's just the first word that comes out of my mouth. Uh, talk to me over, uh, over patron to say, like, the Buffalo Sabres actually did it uh, last year. And he's right. They did. They won 10 games in a row and still didn't make the playoffs. That's right. So we can't really sit there and say like, oh, we're going to be great. There's still an, a lot of hockey left. There's no reason to think that they're going to drop off the face of the earth all Correct. of a sudden. Um, but, you know, like it, there's still a lot of hockey left. So you, anything could happen. Exactly. Anything could happen. But what this gives the Islanders the luxury of is they built themselves a pretty good lead. And now they're not leading the division, but they are tied for the most amount of wins in the NHL with 11. And they're in second place in the division with a pretty solid margin. But in terms of just the goal of making the playoffs, they put themselves, again, we know it's early. We prefaced that already. But they put themselves in a good position where they could afford to go on. If they do go on a four-game losing streak, it's not going to derail their season. No, absolutely. They they could they they got points in the bank, right? They have twenty out of a possible twenty points over the last ten games. That's perfect. That's exactly what you want. I think the way I calculated out that they can go just above five hundred. So if they can pick up at a point five eight eight points per game clip, they'll be fine. They'll hit a hundred points. Okay. Which that like, seems it's doable. Above, it's well above, not well, but it's just above five hundred. But this team looks like an above five hundred team. Yeah, I mean, that's like kind of what we said. It would have to take something massive to happen. And like you want to say something massive like injuries, but this team has had a million injuries and they still continue to just keep rolling out there. They don't have Jordan Eberle, who is your top line right winger. You had to move up Derek Broussard into the top six. It's worked, but you had to put a past his prime Derek Broussard into your top six. You lost one of your important fourth line pieces in Matt Martin. Sezikis missed time. Like the, everyone seemed to be, you know, at some point miss a little bit. Nick Letty's out, and they still continue to roll. It's incredible. They 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 don't miss these players. It it, it sucks. Like for a guy like Everly, they don't seem to miss me. But then you got to think of it. Like what happens when he comes back? Exactly. Not, not, I'm not even just talking about the lineup, but just the emergence of talent that they have now they they have a top six they have too many players for the top six like who do you take out of their top six before the season started it's like oh my god we need another top six player else we're going to be awful they have it they've got it figured out they got an extra guy coming in now yeah no that's a great point is that they have it's been working because they've been scoring and then on top of that you have jordan eberle who you could pretty much pencil him in for 20, 25 goals every year. So getting that kind of talent back, and especially how good he was at the end of last year and the first few games this year, you got to think that the offense is just going to continue to get better. 
You have to. It, although, with that being said, you also just have to think of how the lineup goes. I know I said originally, don't think about that. But now we're, we're there now, and we're thinking we're, we've extrapolated further upon that original point of Everly coming back. Now you have to think about the lineup, because you have six players, or you have now seven players with Everly back, when he does, for six spots. Who moves? I, I don't want to get into debate about the lineup necessarily, but that's right. that's something that that's a good problem to have and a problem that the Islanders did not have at the start of the season because we didn't have enough players, we felt, to fit their, the top six. Now we have too many and, and they've won 10 in a row. Think of it this, uh, this way. They've won 10 in a row and they've just traded or picked up on waivers even for free a top six forward. That's what that's what's happening right now. I mean, yeah, because it's not like you're not giving anything up. You're just, he's appearing. He's reappearing. Exactly. I know he played at the start of the season, but it's a guy that you're getting back that you did not have for, what, seven of these 10 games, if not longer than that? I don't, it can't, it, seven would be a lot. I feel like it's, I feel like it's, ah, maybe it is I'm, seven. I'm trying to find, Jordan Everly has played one game over their 10 game win streak. Okay, so wow. All right. According to Natural Stat Trick. When I pulled the period, uh, it was the 12th of October through the 11th, or sorry, the 5th of November. That's the, that's their 10-game win streak right there. No, you're right. So, I mean, wow. When you get him back into the mix, I mean, granted, I'm not going to say that they're going to win, win another 10 games in a row or anything like that, but the offense should be something where it's not as big of a glaring weakness, I guess. Exactly, and that's the really the, the big point that we're trying to make here is that yes, they've won ten in a row. They will lose some eventually, but the idea that this team is going to fall off the face of the earth is hard to imagine uh, because they have quality now and it's working, and they're getting more quality later. So it, it's hard to see this just falling off completely, unless Everly comes in, it comes in and it's completely toxic, which would be ridiculous all of a sudden because he hasn't been toxic ever since he got here. Why would he now become toxic? That just doesn't. It doesn't. Continue. Yeah, that, that that doesn't add up. And I know you're just playing devil's advocate, but I'm yeah. ju- I'm agreeing with your point where it's that's not going to happen. Right. So the Islanders already have, like you alluded to, at least twenty points. They're twenty two points in the bank, right? Correct. Um, out of they want, you would imagine a hundred, right? Like let's just keep yeah. it a nice round number. Sure. Hundred points, and you're probably going to make the playoffs. They have to make up eighty points over the next sixty eight games. Like I said, that they have to pick up. 0.5888 points per game throughout the next the rest of the season. That's, That's doable. That's doable. That's doable. Perfect. Done. Thanks. We're good. Yeah. I mean, and they haven't had picked up any overtime losses. So that's, you get a point during that, obviously. So it's not like you could sit here and say, oh, they need to win 40 more games in order to get those 80 points. They could, I don't know, win another 35. Five games or so, and then get some overtime losses. I'm just as soon as I said that statement about the five eight eight. Sorry, I wasn't even paying attention to what you're saying. That's because I, I was host. in my own head going like that five eight eight doesn't make a whole lot of sense mathematically, right? Like what they is, had to pick so, up point five eight eight points per game throughout the rest of the of the year. Is what I said, right? Okay, so what is it then? It's one point one seven. That makes more sense, right? Because they have to pick up. 80 points over the next 68 games. So more points than there are games. So if they picked up 0.588 points per game, 0.588, oops, I'm doing my math wrong, 0.588 times 68, it's 39.984. I guess I wasn't really even, I guess I wasn't paying attention fully too because I thought you meant win percentage of uh, 0.558. I think that's what I was trying to say and I'm glad that you uh, filled in my dumb blanks. So just play Plus, over that that, that soundbite from earlier about, about me being an idiot. You lose. Good day, <laughs> sir. Now, now it's fitting. The the loser soundbite from the postgame show is fitting for Mitch now. Perfect. So I've rectified that. I've cleared up my head where I can pay full attention to what you're saying, even though you just said it. Go ahead. You don't remember, I don't remember right? what I said. I don't remember what I said. <laughs> it must not I have been that important. screwed up for both of us. Listen, we the two of us combined make like one working person. So I don't know what the listener really expects from us. So uh, (laughs) we're just going to try to be relatable and talk some miles hockey, I think. Perfect. So they they are in a good position going forward thanks to this winning streak, I think is the ultimate point we wanted to make. Yes, and that's 
Doing. Pretty much the, the wrap on that segment. But when we come back, what we're going to do is talk about the most impressive players during this streak. All right, welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast. We're talking most impressive players during the Islanders win streak. Who are some of those guys, Mitch? Well, you got to talk about the top line forwards immediately, right? Like you guys, you got guys like Lee and Barzal putting up seven points apiece. And then, well, I have a few others that I want to get into, but let's just like start we have with time them. here. So let's unpack this a little bit. Sure. Lee and Barzal have been absolutely incredible over this 10 game streak. They've got four goals apiece. Sorry, this is all five on five. Actually, let me go all strengths. I'm on natural statric if you want to follow along at home. Uh, total points uh, inverse. So sorry, Matt Barzell has 10 points. Excuse me. 10 points over 10 games. So he's a point per game playing o- over these over this um, winning streak. Insane. Fantastic. Six goals, four assists. All of them are first assists. They're not secondary. It's not noise. This is straight up. He's either putting them in the in the net or providing the killer blow to put them in the net. Or is the direct reason for why the person was in the position to score the goal. Correct. Uh, and then you got, like I said, Andrews Lee has eight points, four goals, four assists. Uh, just great stuff. But Josh Bailey now has nine points over 10 games with five goals. Five goals. He's scoring at a, a goal every other game. Good for At him. that rate, he'll end with 41 goals. Could you imagine <laughs> Josh Bailey, 41 goal score? Oh, my God. No way. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. What a world. Even if he ends up with 20, his highest is 18. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it looks like he's going to surpass that. That would be insane. Ten years into his NHL career, and he's scoring, <laughs> scoring twenty goals. Finally, I love it. Uh, I love it. Who stood out for you? Like I've, I've said, the top line. Like there are obviously other ones here, but for you, who stood out? Devontae's. I just think mm-hmm. he's been really, really solid. And I, I know Pulak hasn't put up a ton of production yet, but for me, Taze is like the perfect mix of. Like defensive responsible and like, oh, I'm going to be that offensive force that you could really use from the blue line. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, the idea of, of for Pulak, just to give him a little bit of credit, is and I know you didn't throw him under the bus necessarily, but um, he, he's so strong defensively that I don't necessarily care that he only has, I'm trying to find it right now, uh, three points over the stretch. I don't really care necessarily. Like the points are going to come for him, mm-hmm. but he's been so impressive defensively. But you're right with with Devin Tays. It's it's a whole other game for him. Like he's got the ability to play against lower competition. Sure, fine. Well, he's taking advantage of it. He has now seven points in ten games. That's ridiculous. Yeah, no, that it, it's incredible. It really is. The the kid. I expected him to take a step forward. Like obviously he got what he play like forty five games last year, something like that. Yeah, that sounds right. Let me let me bring it up if you want to vamp a little bit. Yeah, my, my point while you're looking for the exact number was he got a little bit of NHL experience underway, and this would be his first full year, so I thought he would get better. But he, I didn't expect him to improve at the rate that he did. He is a much more complete player than I thought he would be at this stage in his NHL career. He played 48 games last year, okay. scoring 18 points. He has 9 points in 14 games. Yeah, I mean... He's on pace to blow that out of the water. Now, is he going to finish with 60 points this year? I would be pretty surprised if he did. But if he gives you 45, 50, then you're saying, okay, you really got something here. And then you got to pay him. Yeah, then you got to pay him. Well, so he's on pace for 53 points. He's got half of his production in less than half the time, right? Like in 20, in another 10 games, that's half of the time he spent last year. <laughs> so if he's putting up another seven points in those 10 games, whoo. Baby. Um, but he's been he's been wild. Um, another one that stands out to me, specifically in the blue line, is Johnny Boychuk. Okay. Johnny Boychuk, I guess, feels like his position is under uh, under um, pressure uh, or under jeopardy. And he's, he's not wrong, because it is, with uh, Noah Dobson out there. But he's got six points in ten games. And it's not just the points that they're, that are going well for him. Like, he's just everywhere defensively he's all all over the place he's got like this extra step in his in his skate it seems does not look the 35 years old that he is right now now he turned back the clock a little bit this is looking like 5 years ago johnny boychuk yeah it's incredible i'm 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 loving every second of it now is he trying to prove like i can stick here i want to stick here or it's Maybe. i can stick in the nhl so when you guys eventually move me 
a team is going to want to take me. I think it's more the first first thing you said. Yeah. I don't think it's... I think so, too. I don't think he's really thinking about that, to be honest with you. No, that that's fair. Like, and He probably wants to stay where he is. He's comfortable. That's where all his stuff is. Why would you want to move all of a sudden? It's just he's got such... He doesn't have a movable contract, and the Islanders are trying to make room for these guys like you alluded to earlier, like Devin Tays, who and Ryan Pulak, that they're both going to have to pay this year. Eesh. Yeah, you know, no, if you can clear six million off the books, that certainly helps. Yeah, it does. I understand. And Matt Barzell, we haven't talked about him yet. No, I, I know it's going to be a stressful RFA off season, which I am not looking forward to. I'm going to try and milk out as much of the regular season and playoffs as as possible before we talk about RFA and UFA stuff. But the last couple for me, I, I think you got to talk about both goalies, man. I mean, they have just mm. been phenomenal. It, it's like. 2018-19 just carried over into this year. It's absolutely incredible what they've been able to do so far. I'm, I'm just pulling it up now for the, their stats. Um, oh, of course, uh, goalies, there it is. I didn't pick the goalie stats columns. Their goals against average for Grice, 1.8. For Simeon Varlamov, 1.58. Save percentage for Thomas Grice. This is all strength, by the way, not just 5-on-5. Five five. Right. For Thomas Grice, save percentage, 9.42. Simeon Varlamov, 9.47. Wow. They're stopping nearly 95% of the shots they face. You're going to win a lot of games with that kind of goalie play. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, like The expected goals against is 10.3 for Grice, 12.9, or 12.0 for Varlamov. Just, there's nothing else to say except that they've been incredible. They've been absolutely incredible start to finish. It's ridiculous what, what, what is happening. Um, and it's happening again. Like, different... You, you have to, to to give credit to the system. The, yeah, the goalies are playing in the system, but the system that is that is put in front of them. You you put a different goalie, and, and look, the goalies that they've been staffing have come off of awful years. True. All three of them come off of awful years, and they've had Vezina Trophy seasons so far. Yeah, it's crazy. It feels like Mitch Corn and Piero Greco could just like pick anyone off the street. Like they could probably find you and put you in that, and you'd be like a semi capable NHL goalie. I'd have a couple of bruises, but Listen, I'm not gonna say you're gonna put up, You might not put up a 940, but you could hover around 900. I would say, I would take that. That that's Vezina worthy for me. <laughs> when you put it into context, yeah, it, it absolutely is. Swiss cheese that I am, like my god, these these like scraggly arms don't cover anything of the net, anything, and I'm only six feet. Like I'm not a big goalie. No, you'd be a, a little bit on the undersized. Yeah, exactly. But it's just remarkable. You have to give them credit, and you have to give the system a lot of credit for, for helping these goalies who are taking full advantage of the system in front of them be who they are now. Absolutely. Anybody else impressing you over this span that we didn't mention? Uh, just Bo. Bo has been okay. great, even though he's not putting up a ton of points. Like We can gush about everyone on this team to a certain extent. Uh, Bardro has been fantastic, obviously. Yeah. But for me, it's Bo. It's just you're getting that, that consistent play from him and he's and when I say consistent I don't mean production consistent I mean consistently doing something he's always visible he's always providing something whether it's a good forecheck whether it's a good pass it's a good attacking play he's engaged and visible and we haven't seen that from Beauvillier consistently anyways yeah and years gone by we've said it before on the pod but if he wasn't scoring then you didn't notice him and now this year like when he's not scoring he, he is still doing the little things that Barry Trotz loves to see. So I'm glad you mentioned him. That's another good one. And like he's he's on pace, well, not, not on pace, but in, in this 10-game sample size, he has four points. If bad. you just use that 10-game sample size, he's still on pace for 33 points, which is not a great year, but that's an okay year for Anthony Beauvillier. Yeah, I think I'd sign up for that. If he's playing a little bit more consistent too, like a well-rounded game, then okay, he is what he is then. Yeah, exactly. He's a 35-point player. Cool. I know what he is. Third liner, fine. But, you know, every NHL team has a third line. You're not wrong. And he has the potential to pop in close to 20 goals, too. Yes, exactly. So, perfect. Speaking of third liners, Mitch, one is getting ready to return, and that is Andrew Ladd, who is down in Bridgeport rehabbing. He is getting set to play. Only played... Uh, I want to say 12, but I don't think that's right. How many games did he play last year? I think that's right, wasn't it? Was it 12? Wasn't it just 12? Van uh, for me while I bring that up? I don't, I feel I don't like have it's that the in inver- front of me. It's the inverse. I feel like it's 21. 
I'm trying I don't to bring know. it up right I, now. I, 12 was sticking out to me, Mitch. I don't know why 12 was sticking out. 26. He scored 11 points. I, maybe I that's Maybe what I'm it just was. wrong. I'm, I'm losing my memory. I'm getting old, according to some people. <laughs> what people? You're like 15. You'd be surprised. I was called old a lot this week. Unbelievable. Well, I guess you do work with children, so. Well, not children. You work with what I assume are children. Yeah, people two years younger than me. <laughs> children. <laughs> I mean, 10 years younger than I am. Oh, God. Yeah, so Nick Ladd is on his, Nick on his Ladd. way back. Nick Ladd? Andrew Sorry. Ladd. It's reading Nick Pyrog on the a on the, the um, Bridgeport Sound Tigers score sheet because he, he okay. put up a point today, uh, and I, I say Andrew Ladd. Yes, thank you. Does he have any points for Bridgeport since he's been there, Mitch? I don't believe so. I'm I'm just bringing up his stats right now. He does not. He has no points in three games, which is the opposite of what he was last time he went down. He was on fire when he went to Bridgeport last year. Yeah, he was a man possessed. And honestly, like, I know, I'm not justifying his contract or any or signing him, but when he played last year, he was a productive third liner. Getting paid like someone who should be on your second line, but he was a pretty good third liner last year for the Islanders. Yeah, yeah look, 11 points from 26 games. That's pretty good. That's a good return, right? 11 divided by 26 over a full year. You're looking at a 35-point player. That's Beauvillier. Yes, he's making five and a half. I get it. It sucks. It's awful. But we have to live with that for till now and until the sun explodes. Yeah, and I feel like I'm just kind of going to be a little hypocritical here because I kind of I don't like this narrative, but because they use it for other people like Leo Komarov, but he can kill penalties. Is what I was going to say. The Islanders aren't really having a hard time in that department right now. No, I know, but that's just another body who can do a little bit of everything, I guess. Yeah, and, and I know we're arguing for arguing sake because I know where we stand on, on this debate, but like the Islanders have too many bodies now. Yeah, but if this is taking like Michael Dalcole out of the lineup, are we crying? True. Yeah, fair enough. You're right. That's probably if, if the, an upgrade if we're being completely honest. You're absolutely correct. If you can get the rest of the season out of Andrew Ladd where he's playing, and yet he's playing fourth line minutes where you're giving him like, maybe not fourth line, let's say third line minutes, let's say 10 to 12 minutes a night, and he can give you... 10 to 15 goals? That's an upgrade because Michael Dalcole is giving you how many goals this year? Six. Oh, yeah. I think he only has one, right? Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like over a full year, six goals is probably what you're going to get out of Michael Dalcole. Yeah, I'd feel a lot more comfortable with Andrew Ladd, which is really sad because we we are not. This isn't like Andrew Ladd propaganda podcast. We have been critical of the signing and of his time with the Islanders here. But if you're looking at a one-to-one swap of, I could either have Michael Dal Cole in the lineup or Andrew Ladd. I am taking Andrew Ladd. I don't care about, I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about value and stuff like that or age. I'm saying about what you are as a player right now versus what Michael Dal Cole is as a player right now. And I'm taking Andrew Ladd every time. I'm sorry, but I am. Yeah, I I don't I don't think there's anyone out there who would argue with you. And if you would, let let us know. I don't. I think how- then it would just be a bias towards Andrew Ladd. You don't like him because he's hurt all the time, or you don't like him because he's overpaid, or his contract stinks, which is completely fair. But if you're just looking at the individual play, what I can get from you right now, that's better. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He is. And, and the coach the coach likes veterans. They love veterans. Lou loves his veterans. He wish he had more veterans. Probably. Let's turn these all into veterans. Why do you think Walsh is playing right now? Because next year you'll be a veteran, I guess. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Right? That's zone. the only thing I've got. You will you will be a veteran before I'm done with you. Yeah, um, he wants him to be. Just, yeah. um, so with Lat, yeah, it's not ideal. But that's the thing. We have to deal with it because he's here. He, you can't make him go away as much, you know, he's probably a very nice gentleman. Sure. Uh, probably a great family man. Good, good buddy to have. He's a good fisherman. It seems yeah, like I want to go dinosaur catches. fishing with him. Yeah, but like, sorry, buddy, but you make five and a half million dollars and you contribute like a guy who should make less than a million. Just about, yeah. So like, I'm I'm not in love with it. But like you said, am I, would I rather him or a guy that's not really giving you anything. Like Michael Del Cole over these 10 games has two points. Could Andrew Ladd not do the same thing in 112 minutes worth of ice time? 
to put that into perspective, Casey's Zekas has more in 95 minutes, and Casey Zekas is the same amount of production, but Casey Zekas is a whole lot more. Right, but that, that's the thing, too. Then someone will come back and be like, oh, well, Matt Martin doesn't give you anything in terms of production. Well, he does a lot of other things that Michael Del Cole doesn't do either. Michael Del Cole is kind of just existing. So so you, you bring up Matt Martin. Matt Martin in this 10-game win streak has played three games, uh, been on the ice for 25 minutes, and has two points. Okay, there you go. That's very effective. <laughs> That's <laughs> great. Say- it's the same thing. Uh, individual scoring chances for Matt Martin's got four. Michael Del Cole has seven in like four times more ice time. time. Oh my God. So like, I know we always bring up Michael Del Cole, but it, 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 he's, it's not that he's bringing it on himself. It's just, he's not doing enough to merit the difference. So if, if you have to bring Andrew Ladd into, into the mix, which is, seems like the case, it makes sense, and I think we're beating a dead horse here, but like, it makes sense to have him on that fourth line rather than Del Cole. No, it does, and I think that's going to be an interesting fit, and it looks like he's going to be here sooner rather than later. So then the, the idea here is, does he actually go to the fourth line, or does he go to like the third line and Ross Johnson takes Del Cole's spot? Maybe. I think I'd, I think I'd do that. I think I'd want Ross Johnson because he is basically like just five years younger, Matt Martin. Right. So what I'm trying to argue here, and I I think you're going to agree with me eventually, is that you essentially turn that third line into a more attacking line, right? Where you got a guy like Andrew Ladd who can give you more, let's say, than Ross Johnston. I love Ross, um, but Andrew Ladd is probably a better option. If you got a guy like Casey Zekas feeding pucks into the slot, who would you rather have, Ladd or Ross Johnston? No, Ladd. I I think I'd go... Lad, Bardro, Wallstrom. Sure. Yeah. I look, I, I'm perfectly fine with that line, but I like the idea of a Lad, Zika's Clutterbuck line, and then you got Johnston, uh, Bardro, Wallstrom. Although I don't really like Wallstrom down there, but I, I have to make my peace with it because it seems like he's stuck there. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't think I want to put Wallstrom with, um, Johnston. And I like Johnston for what he does, but I, I don't think that's, I don't think you'd get as much out of it as he would with playing with someone like Andrew Ladd. You're probably right. Well, no, you're definitely right. You're absolutely right that he would get more out of playing with Ladd than he would out of playing with Johnston. Uh, so, sure. All right. Let, let's do that. I, I'm i fine with putting Ladd, Bardro, and Wallstrom. As long as they get more than, like, 55 seconds of ice time. Yeah, I mean, that'd be pretty ideal, right? Like, Wallstrom has 85 minutes in eight games played. I want to see some more of him. He looks so good when he's playing top line, like, top topper minutes. But, like, I, I, topper minutes, like, top six minutes. I get it, though. Like, what do you do? Like, do you take Brassard out? No. His six points so far in these ten games. Yeah, you got to keep him up there until it stops working. I think it eventually stops working. But Well, he didn't score, right, against um No, I ended Ottawa? the streak. That's on so, me. So, back to third line center for you, bud. <laughs> May, I mean, eventually, I think, yes, that's what happens. When Eberle comes back, I think that's what happens. Because, like, he's a better option than, than um, God, Broussard. He just is. So, 100%. Ready to get into the quiz segment, Mitch? Yes. Let me just bring up Colin Adams' page so I can make sure I don't say something stupid and I have something to back me up in case you challenge me okay. with your encyclopedic have, knowledge and Colin Adams. Me and Colin Adams are BFFs. one and the same. Yes. All right. Let's do this. Okay. It's quiz time. I don't know how to do a quiz entry. I don't have to work on that. Um, so as I mentioned, this is the 116th edition of the Eyes on Isles podcast. And thanks to Piper, we are taking a player from the Islanders 2016 draft class. And I will ask Matt three questions. Actually, four questions now. I've added one just so it doesn't look like I'm mailing it in every week. Okay. And you have to answer these four questions uh, for, uh, you know, to keep your expert Isles card. Okay. Call it that. All right. So this is on Colin Adams, drafted in 2016 by the New York Islanders. So first question, Matt. What position did Colin Adams play? My pal, my buddy, Colin Adams. Yeah. Played on the wing. Come on. What wing? There's two of them. Boo. He played on the right. 
No, lefty. You don't even know your friends. Unbelievable. I'm dyslexic. I'm sorry. <laughs> I meant left. I get those missed up, mixed up all. The, all right, mixed Have up all the time. <laughs> That's actually funny. Missed up. Um, where did the Isles draft him from? So what I'm looking for is either the, I, I would love if you can give me the team name, um, but if you can give me just the league, I'd settle for that. So yeah, where certainly. did he come from? He was uh, a big gun, if you will, in the uh, QMJHL, if I remember correctly. I don't think you know anything about your friends. Uh, he was drafted out of the Muskegon Lumberjacks of the USHL. An American boy. <laughs> yes, Brighton, Missouri. Or Michigan? Am I? Which one is that? I think Michigan. Okay, you don't even know. Good. Missouri, I think, is M- MS. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't matter. No one cares. It does. That's not part of this. Okay, question number three. Where is he playing now, today? I'll, I'll settle for the league, but I really want the team. Uh, ECHL. Incorrect. He's playing in the NCHC, which I think is a division of the uh, the collegiate circuit, because he's playing for the University of North Dakota. College boy. He's a college boy. Okay. okay, so I said four. This is the fourth question. I'm ready. What has been his most productive year playing for the University of North Dakota? This is his third year. What's his most productive season? So I'm looking for points. So how many points? That's right. You know, just a couple of years ago, he put up like tw- 24 points in a season. I wanted that song to end. No, he put up eight points in the 2017-18 season. That's his most productive year so far. Mm-hmm. He has five points in seven games, though, so he's stepping in the right direction this year. Listen, me and my guy, Colin Adams. <laughs> That's the one. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Me and Kyle, we're on a first-name basis, all right? So I know him as Kyle. Um... He's a good guy. Yeah, he's uh, my favorite left winger from North Dakota. Good job by you. Good job by you. You got them all correct. Sort of. <laughs> I, I love the quiz segment. Uh, well, <laughs> you get a lot of part marks on that one. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, when we come back, we're going to get into the social segment and what's trending on Isles Twitter. All right, welcome back to the social segment of the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 116. Mitch, do you got anything for us tonight on the social segment? Um, so I pulled out something from earlier this week, so November 1st, from uh, Mike Seedler. Uh, it's at Mikey Seeds, M-I-K-E-Y-S-E-I-D-Z. And we were talking about, so I just put this out there. It started with me. It's a little bit of a thread here. Okay. I put it out there saying, just putting this out there. With a win against Luke Wachowski tonight, Ross Johnson's fight card is 10-1. It's actually 13-1 in the NHL. Mike comes back and says, I was actually just thinking, I'd love to see Johnston in a boxing match against nobody in particular. I'd go nuts to see him do the shimmy shake in round one. You know, that little shaky he did? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I said, I'd pay to watch that. And then Mike comes back. This is what I really want to get through. This is the best okay. one. Now, if we get Wes McCauley to ref the match, that'd be the cherry on top. That is... A phenomenal idea. Right. A Ross Johnston boxing match with Wes McCauley as the referee. And they all have hot mics. They all have mics, for sure. Oh, 100%. You're going to have a guy with a boom mic just standing, like, getting everything. They're not going to be – we're not going to put a lav on them. There's nowhere to really put it to. So just just a guy the with a boom mic. The have, like, pockets? Like a breast pocket? Yeah, they do, but the, the boxers are going to be shirtless. So where are you putting the mic? You're going to tape it on him? Right in the glove so you can hear the impact on the face. How are you running the wire? Mitch, you didn't think this through. You get the guy with the boom. Bluetooth is a thing now, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, put a Bluetooth in there. here. Good call. That's not going to give them a concussion when they fall to the uh, mat. It'll last five seconds, that little flimsy piece of plastic I'm putting on their gloves. I like that one. That was a good one. That's a good one. If you can imagine Wes McCauley, 5-4, fighting! I love it. Oh my god! It's great. I wanted to. I just wanted to do that. Sorry. Do you have anything? I have two more. Okay, I got one from Eric Hornick, the great statistician of the New York Islanders. So, someone was curious to see what was the Islanders' record when they scored at least three goals in a game. So we're talking three, four, anything above three goals or more. Okay. Since Barry Trotz took over last year, the Islanders are forty-eight to. And two. That's at almost a 93% clip. Win percentage. <laughs> That's ridiculous. 48-2-2? Two and two? 
The rest of the league, a gambling site quote tweeted us. So hang on, I want to pull it up because I want the exact numbers. Please hold. Okay. <laughs> pull it up. 92.3% is what the Islanders win percentage is when they score three plus. Care to guess what the rest of the league's record is if you combined everyone? So like percentage you're saying? Yeah, percentage. What percentage? We're ninety we're ninety two point three. What is the rest of the league? Seventy five. Wow. Seventy four point two. Yes. Um, yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> twenty almost a twenty full percentage points ahead of the of the field. I mean that's just ridiculous. Score three, you win. Done. Like that's incredible. And the, the problem is that they didn't always score three. Um but now they are. Now they're scoring three, right? Like I don't have the stat in front of me. I'm gonna pull it up right quick. Uh goals four per game from the Islanders. Where are they? They're there, 3.07. So they're scoring more than three goals on average every game. It's working. And that's why they're winning. What are the odds? Oh, boy. What, what else you got for us in the social seg? Uh, so this is from Jason. A lot of my stuff comes from Twitter because I don't necessarily exist on Instagram. I have one. I never, ever use it because I I just don't have the time and I can't think of it. And I, I Facebook is all for, like, soccer moms and, and babies, and I don't I don't want to... Although I just I just put something of my child on Twitter, so who am I? Anyways, uh, so this is from Jason at Tempest Fugit seventy two, who uh, tweeted a picture of the best owner in the league, and you can see behind uh, the net on the in the Islanders end, you see John Ledecky with his arms raving after Josh Bailey scored against the Ottawa Senators. I was looking for myself because I thought I could have been in that picture as well. I was not, but I had a very similar reaction to Mr. Ledecky when Bailey scored. He was right there with amazing, uh, an amazing view of that goal to win. Not to win. They were already winning at that point, but like the fourth goal and second goal in 20 and 40 seconds. Pfft, wild. It was icing on the cake. And you got to love Ledecky. He's a really passionate guy. I really appreciate the Islanders' ownership. What I really love about this picture is if you look at it, you look just above the, the backup goalie, there's this old guy sitting there, and he doesn't care. He's like the only one who has no emotion on his face whatsoever. It's looked like he, it looks like he's grumpy simply for the fact that, the you know, it's loud. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is too loud. Kids celebrating their goals. <laughs> uh, relax, guy. Maybe it's an Ottawa fan. Or maybe he just, he's, you know, maybe he's taking a nap, or he just doesn't care. He's like, you know what, they won already. I'm so confident they scored three. The fourth one, I don't even care anymore because I know they already won. Yeah, they already Maybe won. Maybe that was game. it. Yeah, it's just icing on the cake. Perfect. So I have one more from Evan Roberts, who hosts a radio show on WFAN. And he says, excluding Carlos Beltran, who the Mets just hired as their manager, this is the current local area manager slash head coach power rankings. And he runs through. So his order is Barry Trotz, one. Aaron Boone, who manages the Yankees, two. Kenny Atkinson, who's the Brooklyn Nets coach, three. John Hines, who's the Devils coach, four. David Quinn, who's the Rangers coach, five. David Fisdale, who is the Knicks coach, six. Pat Shermer, who's the Giants coach, seventh. And eighth is Adam Gase, who coaches the New York Jets. But the main takeaway here is that Barry Trotz is far and away the best coach in New York, right? Like, I know you're not a New York sports fan per se, but I... I think you're knowledgeable enough on sports to come up with that take like that's not an outlandish take like he is fu- like it's it's trots a big step down boone an even bigger step down atkinson and the field yeah it's that's that's an easy that's easy that's ice cold take i guess i don't know it's, it's obvious because he's right you can't argue otherwise with the knicks well come on please the you know the brooklyn nets are doing all right but like that's what happens when you bring in superstar talent they're okay they're not like destroying the league at all and of course the Yankees yeah the Yankees are, are good so and Beltran well he's he's managed what like or coached zero days so far so who knows what he's gonna be yeah exactly I guess my biggest takeaway was because the Islanders really don't get a ton of attention on talk radio in, in New York but the fact mm. that like one of the main hosts here in New York was talking about it and acknowledges that Barry Trotz is the best coach. And then also, I'm pretty sure it was today, or it was at one point this week, I, shout out to our guy Rob Tubb of uh, Isles Blog because he had this. Uh, Joe Beningo, who is Evan's partner on the air, said that he would want Lou Lamarillo to run the Jets. He says he doesn't care. The guy just wins wherever he goes. He goes, get, get him in charge of the Jets. 
Yeah, that and he does. So like, like that's great press for the Islanders, specifically in New York, because there's a lot of tweets going out there like New York sports suck, and you're going, excuse me, sir, like the New York Islanders just won ten in a row, ten, 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 and you haven't even noticed that they exist. I I forgot. I'm gonna have another one for the social segment because of it. Yeah, because they're doing something, right? I I don't know what it is, so don't. I don't don't spoil it for me. Well, well tell don't me in the social because I have one more here. Okay, yeah, go ahead. So this is a bit of a walk, so you're gonna have some time to figure it out. Okay. When I do my research for the social segment, I re- I just go to Twitter and I do hashtag Isles and I try to find something that I have either haven't seen that's that looks interesting or it's something with a lot of likes. Uh, and this one doesn't have a lot of likes. It has none actually, but it caught my eye because uh, it's in French first off. And it's from André Legault. It's at Legault, L-E-G-A-U-L-T-66. Yeah. I guess he's a big Mario Lemieux fan or okay. Joshua Sang fan. Could be. Uh, he says, Hey, Matthias, la dame dont vous parlez au 919 Sport, tantôt, let's go Isles, yes, yes, yes. So what he's saying here is, Hey, Matthias, this is the lady you were talking about at 919 Sports earlier. Let's go Isles, yes, yes, yes. You obviously understand mm-hmm. that. And it's a picture of this this woman wearing an Isles jersey with a hockey stick. I don't okay. necessarily know who she is. Maybe I should know. Anyways, and, and I got scrolling because it's a thread and I got scrolling to the top and here's what I'm really trying to get to. And it's a picture of someone at a, a, with a sign at a Montreal Canadiens game. And it says, Si mettez, fait un tour de chapeau, je marie ma blonde, hashtag impossible. So what that says in, in English is that if Mete, which is a uh, Montreal Canadiens defenseman, scores a hat trick, I'll marry my girlfriend. Hashtag impossible. Okay. And so why I'm bringing this up is, what would it take for you to marry your girlfriend? Islanders related. What would it take? Would it be like a Cole Bardrow hat trick? And you'd be like, you know what? Done. I'm popping the question because of that. No, I don't like this. I don't like these gimmicks because for a couple of reasons. Uh, it reminds me of the people who get the uh, tat like the tattoos before the season, and it's like, oh, I'll like congratulations, Cleveland Browns Super Bowl champions, or just like whatever, all that kind of, or Dallas Cowboys 2020 Super Bowl champions. So um, I, I am not. It, I don't. I'm not gonna let sports affects my life enough. I am not gonna let it impact like my relationships with people and stuff. Yeah, I love that answer. I absolutely love it. I'm I, I'm I'm happier that you gave me that answer than any other possible answer because I'm with you. I see these these uh, like posters of like if the Leafs win the cup, I'll marry my girlfriend, and I'm going, oh my god, that poor woman. Like, does she know what she's getting herself into? And you can see she's there, kind of like ha ha ha. This is ridiculous. But the guy's all into it. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm sticking to it. I'm not going to marry you until the day darn win will the cop. Tavares is going to help me. Bro, if, if John Tavares retweets my tweet, then I'll marry you. Like, yeah, like that's got to suck for her. She's going to really like that's it's not our undying love for each other. It's whether some random guy that you don't know gives you uh, a retweet or something that hasn't happened since 1967 happens. I don't want to wait for another however long. What is that? 60 years? 62 years? No, 67 is 52. Now, why am I so dumb? <laughs> that also has to be a drop. Why am I so dumb? 52. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, like uh, that's a great answer because you're right. Like it's, Sports should affect your personal relationships with people. They can affect your life, <clears throat> sure, you can be all in, but like you know, maybe not be that all in. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of right there with you. So, so I have one more now because I yes. forgot about it, and then I got it back. Okay, so Damian Woody, who is a former New York Jet, now works for ESPN as like a football analyst. Okay, he had a tweet on November fifth. So yesterday, yeah, that was yesterday. yesterday. So he goes. <clears throat> uh I got to say, I'm so tired of this sad-ass sports scene in NYC. I mean, damn, all these teams are here, and it's doom and gloom all the damn time. Like, literally, NYC has two of everything in sports. They still suck. What the hell? So then, a lot of people did, like what you said. They are like, what about the Islanders? What about the Islanders? So he goes on and ends up like... It starts to become a Twitter gimmick between yesterday and today. So I'll read some more tweets. He goes, my yep. bad at NY Islanders. I didn't mean to include you all in my venting, but damn, bro, it's getting cold. Hibernation season, all I'm asking for is some winning. 
So the Islanders get in on the action. They reply. They say, we'd love to have you as a part of our Isles fam. Best choice you'll ever make. Just saying. So he quotes tweet that with saying, so is that an official invite to a game? And with like a gif of Will Farrell like stroking his non-existent beard. The Isles reply, yeah, man, you just let us know when. So Damian Woody says, so just slide into my DMs to make this happen. Follows that. This is all November 5th, so yesterday. Bruh, shout out to the Islanders for invite to a game. Much love to all their fans for making this happen. Now, which game should I attend? Holla mm. at me, Islanders fans. Please so, tell me he's going to a Rangers game. I don't I don't know. I don't okay. know if there's if he figured out which one. Then <laughs> the Islanders tweeted out this is yesterday, so ten clap emoji straight, clap emoji wins, and then like the ten check marks. So <laughs> Damien Woody quote tweets it and goes, It's like that question mark exclamation point and then like shaking uh, Kevin Hart shaking his head gif. Nice. Solid gift game, my God. Definitely solid gift game. And then uh, he had one more from today. Oh, man, the Islanders and I have something up our sleeves. Stay tuned. What so a tease. I just like that. I like the saga of him venting because outside the New York Islanders and the Yankees, obviously, New York sports Oh, no, apparently suck. the Yankees are awful. They fire Boone and fire everyone. I keep seeing Yankees fans like, it's all, they didn't win the World Series, so it's all a failure. Guys, come on. Like, it's really hard to do that from what I understand. Yeah, no, it, uh, it absolutely is. But outside of the Islanders and the Yankees, New York sports does suck. So I understand his frustration, but him, like, just that whole concept of the, the Islanders and him going back and forth and the fans saying, what about the Islanders? And him realizing, like, oh, my God, like, this team's actually good. I feel like that's kind of, like, how a lot of New York sports fans who don't really follow hockey are kind of like, wow, look at this it's- team. Even about like hockey fans finding about the Islanders for the first time, like, oh wait, what? The Islanders are ten and zero. That's incredible. Like they're finally like this is what happens when you win, right? Like people start paying attention, and and good on on the social media team for getting on that. Like the previous oh, yeah. social media team would would have either ignored it or you know nothing would have it would have fizzled out. But they're right on top of this, and this is perfect, right? Like this is what you need to do. Someone with a platform, someone with an audience. Get him in. Like, how many times did the St. Louis Blues get all over that with, with Tony X? Remember that? Yeah, that whole shenanigans. It worked. Made the though. guy famous, good. and like, yeah, it helped them. It was perfect. Yeah, I, I really, I just wanted to bring that one up. I thought that was a good one. Yeah, it's perfect. Like, I, I want to see more of this. I want to see more in, in implication. And so far, so good from the social media team. Like, they, they're really paying their worth in gold. Paying their worth in gold. Worth their worth. In worth gold. their worth. weight in gold. There it is. My God, Jesus, Murphy. Too much candy. Like, look at all this. Still more stupid candy. I'm eating it like crazy. It's in my cereal. It's everywhere. Yeah, I was going to say, didn't uh, your wife say that you had to finish the candy? Yeah, and it's still not done. I'm kind of getting sick of it now. Oh, my God. My tongue is kind of sore. You ever get that when you eat too much candy and, like, the, the roof of your mouth and your tongue gets sore? I do, When I eat Captain Crunch, sure, but not, not candy. I get a lot of gut rot when I get candy. Okay, that's fair. Captain Crunch, pff, top five cereal. My God. Captain Crunch is an iconic cereal, Mitch. I Thank agree you. 100%. Uh, so with that, let's just get some plugs in here before we go. So yep. wherever you are listening to this podcast, please make sure to subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff. It really helps us out, and we appreciate all the love and support that you give us. You could also subscribe to our Patreon page, like we mentioned, for post-game content. We also do mailbag shows and a ton of other fun stuff over there. So patreon.com slash eyes on aisles is where you're going to want to go. You can follow along with us on our website, eyesonisles.com. You can download our app, which is available for iPhone or Android, the Eyes on Isles app. And you could also come with us on social media at eyes on Isles FS. My personal Twitter is Matt O'Leary and why Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. And you can follow along on Facebook, facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. Episode number 116 in the books. Once again, I am Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. We'll talk to you next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.